On this episode of Go Be Wyoming, we sit down with State Senator Bo Biteman, where we get to gain a lot of knowledge on many different areas of the Wyoming state budget. And he leaves a great message to all Wyomingites as we move into a difficult legislative session. This episode is brought to you by Alpha Graphics of Sheridan. Have any printing needs? That could be large format, digital printing, color printing. Do you also need marketing services? Alpha Graphics can offer web, web design, social media marketing, and much more. This is also brought to you by the Pony Bar and Grill, just off Main Street in downtown Sheridan on Gould Street. They are now open with limited seating on their outdoor deck that now is enclosed. Go down and support your local businesses. Let's get into our interview with Bo Biteman. And welcome back to another episode of Go Be Wyoming. I'm your host, Aaron Gray. And today we have State Senator of District 21, Bo Biteman on. Bo, how's it going? Good. How are you, Aaron? I'm good, man. You uh, you had a uh, hectic morning, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a little bit of a freezing rain out there this morning. Yeah. And on my way into town at the Acme exit there, there was quite a few wrecks going yeah. on and I'm on the Ranchester fire department. So I got, got on there and checked it out and there's luckily nobody was hurt at the, at the first wreck. And then yeah. as I was tending to those two patients, more cars kept wrecking and sliding off the road and it was madness. Yeah. <laughs> we had semis jackknifing <laughs> and hitting the guardrail and boy, the, the highway patrol lady was really really awesome. She did a good job helping us with the scene until the, until the cavalry arrived with the yeah. fire truck to help slow people down and, and take care of the situation. But even when people are going about 25 miles an hour they're over slipping. the bridge, they're still sliding. Yeah. So that hill's nasty, man. It is. We get so many calls on that hill. Yeah. People out there, please be careful going down the port. It's always slippery. And when you see an accident at the bottom, know that it's pure ice and you, you're going to be sliding too. Yep. So and, yep. and be, keep, keep your uh, seat belts on and uh, slow down for us uh, emergency personnel that are on scene trying to help other people out. So, yep, absolutely. Yeah. Be safe out there. And we've been lucky. We haven't had real, real winter weather yet, yeah. but yeah, today for some reason, kind of that, like you said, icy rain and that yeah. black ice is kind of just totally sticking. not expecting that. I yeah. was cruising right along on the, <laughs> on the interstate and then my pager went off and luckily that slowed me down enough because by the time I got the call in, I had already got to the port. So yep. I was, I basically got on scene right away and I was slowing down, but the people behind me were still yeah. hauling yep. and they started slipping and sliding. Just ice skates. Yeah, it was, it was nuts. That's Pandemonium. A, yeah, that's crazy. Well, we're glad to, from what you could see right away, everyone was safe and then you're all right. So, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, what a way to start 2021, huh? Uh, it's picking right <laughs> up where 2020 left off, and I was afraid this was going to happen. But. Yeah. Um, well, we uh, since we have you on, this is your third time. Third time? Yeah. Man, we've I'm had you on. Pro. Yeah, you're a friend of the show now. Yeah. You know? Do I get a mug now? Uh, Red Bison Studio, hit us up and get us a mug. Uh, right. No, just kidding. Um, maybe we should start doing that, you know, merchandise, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so... This year is very important, as everybody knows, um, for Wyoming in general. 
um, when we get into legislative session and maybe we'll talk right about that, Bo, mm-hmm. um, is the budget, you know, obviously with COVID and then, um, OPEC and Russia flooding the market, oil and gas, um, prices dropped. Yeah. Um, luckily though, oil is coming up, yeah. um, slowly. Um, now, uh, things nationally are going to dictate some other things, but the prices are going up. So hopefully we just keep our fingers crossed, but, um, you know, talk a little bit about as of right now, they're just going to do an opening meeting on the 12th over zoom. But you were telling me off air, you plan on being down there in Cheyenne. Um, do other representatives and senators plan on being in person? Yeah, I think, um, you'll probably be surprised how many do show up. Uh, you know, I, the constitution says we got to be there at noon on the 12th. I plan on following the constitution and being there at noon on 12th to do the people's business. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's an important job and it comes with risks and, and, uh, I, you know, we can all take safety precautions and, and social distance and wear our masks and use hand sanitizer. And if we're sick, we stay home, do all the, all the things the ex- experts tell us to do and keep everybody safe. But we've really got important work to do. Mm-hmm. I hate to see us uh, go down there and, uh, then recess until a future date, which I think is what they're planning on doing. And I will probably vote no on adjournment and, uh, stay down there as long as possible to t- take care of the work that needs to be done. Um, it sounds like we will um, be down there to get sworn in that morning. And then at noon, we'll gavel in and do all the the pomp and circumstance that usually happens, unfortunately, mostly via Zoom. We'll probably be dispersed throughout the Capitol and not in our regular chambers. And uh, the governor's State of the Union will be delivered via Zoom, and it's just going to be crazy. Just more craziness to tack on to what we finished yeah. off with last year. And, boy, I'm just ready for for things to get back to normal. And, and uh, uh, we cannot run a government via Zoom. Uh, it's, it's especially committee hearings. You know, the public input's very important. The personal interactions, the, the, the conversations had on the side and – in the hallways with people that come down to the Capitol. Those are very important. You don't get that on zoom Mm -hmm. and, uh, boy, it's, we, we got through the worst of it, uh, last year. Uh, we did what we, we did what we thought was best, you know, being our special session on zoom, but to have this general session, um, the big one, I mean, for, for the house of representative guys and gals, on a two-year term, this is their only general session, right? So yep. then the next one's a budget session. So their their personal bills are very important to them. This could be their only chance to get any kind of thing done. And there's no guarantee you're ever going to get reelected. So right. uh, for the new people, I feel really bad for them, um, especially since we're going to have a supplemental budget right away again. Yep. It was like we were supposed to do a budget every two years, but I've been in office for four years now and every single year we do a budget, whether it's a regular or supplemental, because we just can't seem to budget correctly. <laughs> Interesting. We, we always, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're deficit spending. And so we've always got to reduce down, right? We yep. always spend too much on the regular budget. We know we do when we leave Cheyenne, but, uh, you know, the, I guess the, the kick in the can down the road analogy keeps coming back and eventually we're going to run out of road, but that's the way they've been doing business and hopefully it'll change, but yeah, I'll be down there. Uh, hopefully we'll get some work done. I doubt it. We'll probably be down there for a couple hours 
Sure. Gavel out, maybe be back in March. Who knows? I, I, I know just as much as you do. I'm so <laughs> in the dark on what the leadership and management council are deciding. So interesting. Yeah. Well, and uh, you know, one thing that Zach and I always touch on is, you know, like I understand keeping people safe and keeping like the staff safe down there. And, and, you know, I understand Cheyenne had the bigger, you know, their bigger population first off, they're right next to Colorado. So I understand they had more spikes and more cases. Um, but one thing that I don't understand, which you probably don't even know this, like you said, you know, we probably both know the same amount. There has been no communication in regards to, you know, how about we try and do it, you know, in person, you know, with safety precautions. And then if, if something happens, you know, if, 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 uh, our officials start getting sick, you know, then we do it, you know, but it's like, that's not even been discussed. And it's kind of like, you know, we went through a whole year of COVID-19 and we're not having that conversation. So anyways, yeah. I, is that, ha, have you heard anything of that regard or? Yeah, we, in the back channels, when I'm talking to other representatives and senators, we have that exact conversation. And, uh, I bring up the point that schools have been in session and, you know, classes have been going on and, and athletics have been going everything on else has been going on with social distancing and masks and everything like that. Why can't the, the, the legislature, the seat of government in the state of Wyoming right. follow suit and do what everybody else is doing. Yeah. It makes no sense to me. Um, I get it that there are some elderly folks in the legislature that sure. are, are are prone to this. And if they did catch it, they'd probably be goners. They can probably stay home. We can set them up on remote uh, zoom and, and stuff like that. If they, if they feel safer doing that before we get vaccinated, that's fine. Um, but, uh, yeah. you know, for the rest of us, I say we should be down there and, uh, try to get back to, uh, the business of Wyoming. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about a couple issues. Um, you know, and it's funny, these are things, um, that you've been in for four years that, uh, have been topics you've proposed bills before, you know, you know, other representatives and senators that have proposed bills for, before for some of these issues. And it's just kind of funny. I told, uh, Zach on our last episode about, you know, some people have like this, like short-term memory loss where they only <laughs> like remember like two weeks ago. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but you remember like this thing happened four years ago, you know? So it's like, yeah. What are we like? So anyway, so, um, the first thing we, um, we, uh, want to talk about, cause Zach and I talked about this and, and we're going to get some more clarification from you as well is, um, this bill got shot down in committee, but I, I, we know that it's probably, you know, others are going to propose more bills, um, in regards to the budget, especially what to do about K-12. Mm-hmm. Um, and Zach and I talked a little bit about the proposed bill really all it was doing was attempting to lower the amount per student. Um, and, uh, and right now our per student that the state pays is $18,000 plus about 600 bucks per student. Um, that has risen from 2000 in the year 2000, it was 8,000 per student. And that has risen up to 18,000 or sorry. Yeah. 8,000 in 2000. Now it's at 18,000, uh, for, 2020. Um, so that's about almost a double, um, which is quite a bit. And we really, uh, Bo, you were looking, we've only risen attendance by about 3000 kids. So yeah. it's, it's not and like hasn't tracked with the amount of spending for sure. Right. Yeah. So, um, now and, and Zach and I even said like, 
um, you've got this huge old book here. I wish we had video, but, um, it's a big old formula, you know, on how, how things are calculated. So, you know, doing one thing, you know, everyone understands that might not be the solution, but you did mention, you know, a hundred million dollars cut out of it is only 10% of that budget. So Correct. it's not like they're getting thwacked. It's not like yeah. we're going to start laying off teachers. Um, what are some other interesting things that maybe the legislation or legislature needs to think about, you know, because this is a weird animal. You got to attack it at different ways. What are some other things we can do? Certainly is a strange animal and it's an animal that was created by the Supreme court uh, in the Campbell County cases uh, that went to the Supreme court back in the early two thousands, mid two thousands. They basically legislated from the bench in my opinion, and kind of usurped our, legislative authority to dictate spending policy and education policy. Um, what happened was after that, you saw the huge increase in spending for K-12 education. And they gave us this uh, cost-based funding model that these experts put together that, uh, you know, it's, it's a huge model. It's enormous. And there's a lot of different inputs that go into it, but it Basically, you have all these inputs of class sizes, uh, teachers, administrators, how many administrators you need, how many instructional facilitators you should have. Goes way into the weeds, really in depth. Basically does the appropriations for the legislature and spits out a number, as you said, $18,610 per student. That gets block granted to the school districts and the school boards allocate the resources as they see fit. They right. don't necessarily follow, follow the model to a T. So it opens up some interesting questions for for us, for policymakers is um, if they're not going to follow the model to a T and, and pay the recommended salaries, for instance, for administration, and um, they pay more where they're kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul. They're going to pay more for a superintendent, say an extra hundred K per year. Where's that? Where where are you going to make up for it? Mm -hmm. So, right. um, We really have no strings attached. It's a, it's a true block grant. What we could do, what I think maybe what might end up happening is you're going to start seeing some proposals out there this coming session to, um, help protect the teachers from getting cut, right? That's the number one priority is classroom education for, for me and for most of my colleagues. I think everybody wants that. Yep. So in order to protect the teachers, we're going to have to get into there and, and put some strings attached to this money and say, okay, this is how much you're going to pay teachers. You can't cut them. This is how much you're going to pay uh, superintendents. Um, say it will match. Say we'll peg it to what the governor makes. You can't pay him more than one hundred and five thousand. Right. So you're saving money on that end right off the bat. There's things that we could do with transportation costs. Um, yep. Uh, you know we we reimburse that at a hundred percent. Doesn't really lend itself well to efficiencies when you reimburse at a hundred percent. There's no incentive to save money unless you're just out of the goodness of your heart, you know, <laughs> wanting to save the taxpayers money yep. and not bust your kids all the way across the state and all that good stuff. So there's ways we can do that. Uh, whether or not it'll be kosher with this, with big education and the school board association and the teachers unions, uh, that remains to be seen. Right. Um, it was a little contentious. I was on the, 
on the Zoom watching their education committee hearings uh, a couple weeks ago, and sounds like they're digging in their heels and they don't want to play ball. Right. They, they want revenue, which is tax increases, and they don't want cuts. And uh, hopefully they'll come to the table in good faith and, and realize the situation here that, look, the state's in dire straits. Yep. The revenue's down. Oil's hurting really bad. Coal is on its deathbed and uh, you know, we're, we're in big trouble. Everybody's going to have to come to the table and get, get a haircut here. Yep. And K-12 has been the last one to get a haircut. Uh, they've managed to, you know, for good reason. We, we don't want to cut education. We all take pride in our great schools and, and, uh, and we want the best for our kids. So we've kind of saved them for last, hoping that we'd come out of this. But right. unfortunately, here we are and we've got to do what we got to do to balance this budget. Yep. Well, and, you know, I think one thing to hit on before we move on to the other stuff is, again, you know, the problem is, uh, y- you know, not there, you know, and this is weird for me to say because I'm, I'm a big libertarian where it's like, I don't want any government looking at what we're doing, but there's a big but. <laughs> You know, it, it, it doesn't serve the state well when we're just handing out money and saying, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And then, you know, we just let this thing run loose and then, um, you know, our test scores aren't matching up what we want. And it's like, yeah, yeah we'll just keep increasing the money. And so that doesn't work. And, um, I, you know, in athletics, you know, we had an interview with Cyrus Western and he asked me that straight up as a, as a, as a coach. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we might, ha- you know, athletics might be half, and, you know, and I'm like, hey, I get it. You know, yeah. I mean, I'd rather have good education, you know. Um, now I think sports are important, but I think communities will push that, you know, and yeah. now, so, you know, sorry to say that some communities will do better than others, but that's just how it is. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> we've had it so good for so long that we're just not willing to give up on the glory days yet. You right. know, I think we, we all remember when the money was great and every, every community got a brand new school and, and coal money was coming in just and running just in. rolling yep. in. Yep. And we never had to make these tough decisions. We never even had to have these conversations. Right. And the fact that, you know, we're kind of still in denial. It's a little too late. You know, we should have been having these conversations probably four years yeah. ago. Honestly. Like you said, you we were supposed to do the budget every two years, but every year you've been in, it's yeah. every year we're doing it. Yeah. I mean, I can scream from the rooftops, but uh, if nobody's going to listen and, and and take it serious. Yep. Uh, here we are. And it, the longer we put this off, the worse it's going to get, the worse the pain is going to be. Yep. Um, because you cannot put this on the backs of the Wyoming taxpayers, what few are left. Yep. I mean, the private sector is just slammed mm-hmm. with COVID, with the lockdowns, which is a whole nother animal. Yep. Um, <laughs> you know, people don't, there's just no extra money for people to yep. go get that money from. So it's got to come from shrinking government. And uh, honestly, government probably should have been shrunk a while back. We let it get a little out of hand. And this is a necessary correction. It's going to hurt, but uh, we'll all get through this. We'll do it the right way. Hopefully, um, everybody will come to the table in good faith and we'll, we'll, we'll do what's best for the people of Wyoming. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to kind of roll on this subject with K-12, and then we're going to talk a little bit about um, uh, some other budget stuff. Um, you and Charlie Scott had proposed a couple years ago in regards to kind of this method of, um, again, this, I'm staring at this book Bo brought, the budget, the K-12 budget model is like, 
it's bigger than a textbook. So like for people that don't understand, like there are so many different things that go into this thing. But one thing you guys had proposed was, Hey, for a year or two, let's just not increase it any anymore. Just keep it where it is. And, and so we can talk about it. And it would have saved roughly maybe between 30 to 70 million in one year. Yeah, um, is that right? Yeah, yeah. You're referring to the, uh, we ran a budget amendment, uh, last year. Boy, it seems like yesterday, but, uh, <laughs> during the budget session, um, we're into the budget bill and the school capital construction section came up and there was proposed, I can't remember the number, but it was, yeah, it was probably upwards of $70 million in, in new school construction. Right. Charlie and I said, Whoa, let's pump the brakes here. I mean, we're, we're literally cutting senior citizens programs that they depend on. We're cutting, you know, very important, um, department of health programs that help the poor and the mentally ill. Uh, and then now we're going to turn around and spend this kind of money on brand new schools still. I mean, it's, it's, boy, you talk about tone deaf, right? Yeah. It's just that kind of stuff. It makes you really scratch your head and as a Senator. And, and so we, we got together, we ran that amendment. We thought we had the support to get it through, but unfortunately it didn't pass. Um, but that conversation, that debate was a long one on the floor and it needed to happen. Sure. And, and having Charlie as the lead sponsor on that amendment, uh, I think was sobering for the older, more experienced senators that look up to Charlie and, and he's been around since the seventies and he, he's seen the boom and bust cycle. And he, he warned us, he's like, if you don't take this stuff seriously, the, we're going to see some very, very painful cuts in yep. the very near Big, future. Bigger than this, bigger which, than this. which is what we're talking about. And that about. was just postponing construction at new schools. Yeah. And, and so it really, I think it set the tone going into the, and then COVID hit like a month later and then yep. all hell breaks loose. So here we are a year <laughs> later and those words ring true today. What Charlie and I were trying to do, um, just pump the brakes on the spending and, uh, try to get this economy going Yep, and get people back to work and open things up and, and get back to go be Wyoming again. Yeah. There's a plug for you. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> well, and, and what's funny about this is somebody mentioned, um, you know, the Homer Scott foundation, which we just talked about, you know, people are going to have to come together. The Homer Scott foundation just donated to the Sheridan school district, that Holly seed property, nice, which was a couple million dollars. But someone was talking to me about, well, what are they going to do with that? Because we're broke, mm -hmm. right? Is the assumption. Well, you know, this is what we're talking about is like, Hey, that's great that the Homer Scott gave that to the school districts. That's awesome. But this is what we're talking about is like, yeah, you know, the state pays for those types of things, you know, and, um, not to, not to bash anyone here, but the, uh, high school here had construction going on since the spring and they weren't done by the time of school in the fall. And it's like, what have you guys been doing? You know, no one's been in here. Like no, you know, Teachers and students were not allowed in the facility. And it's like, so what are you guys doing with this state money that you're building, you know, you're doing to the school? Um, so anyways, that, that was kind yeah. of. Some of it could be major maintenance, which is important to keep up on the right. buildings. And maybe it was, I yeah, don't know, but it's but, just kind of like you guys had from March to August and you guys can't get whatever it was that to get done with no one in there. It's like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> and then that $70 million sounds really good. Um, 
you know, and, and we just looked this up. So the K-12 biannually gets um, about roughly $170 million for facilities. And this is kind of what we're talking about. I was like, hey, how about we just pause for two years? You know, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if Sheridan High School needs a new turf field. I don't know if that's the best uh, way to spend $10 million, you know. Or Natrona uh, County, yeah. Get oh, a little sky bridge between their athletic building, yeah, you know. stuff like that. It's kind of a bad look for the taxpayer <laughs> when you're asking them to pony up more money in taxes and, and people see that kind of excess mm -hmm. with really no skin in the game as far as reductions go. It's, I, I keep using the term tone deaf, but it truly is. Yeah. Um, and uh, you can't, you know, as, as a representative of the taxpayers of Sheridan County, I can't in good faith and good conscience ever support any kind of a tax increase until we get our spending under control, yep. period. Well, and, and we just mentioned, I mean, so if $100 million is 10%, I mean, just cut this capital construction down. You know, or, you know, we got to do something. We yeah. can't just keep throwing this money around. Um, another thing we can talk about is, um, you know, the University of Wyoming, they also get a capital construction block grant. Um, biannually, they're getting about, um, I'm just getting rounded to $450 million a year. Um, you know, I think they also, I don't think they should be last. I think our K-12 should be last, like you said, you know, we don't touch our K-12 until we absolutely need to. This is one that I've been saying, again, you know, to don't, to, to deaf ears, mm -hmm. the university needs to pony up and uh, make some real cuts. What's your thoughts on that? Wow. Yeah, the university, <laughs> that loud sucking sound you hear is Laramie <laughs> sucking all your tax dollars because it is an endless money pit. Yeah. And I've discovered since been, being in office and, uh, you're right. They, they haven't stopped building down there in, in Laramie and, uh, they've built themselves quite the nice campus and all that, which is great, but, uh, it's cost a lot of money in it. And we do spend an enormous amount of taxpayer dollars on university of Wyoming. And, uh, you know, the, the idea should be more linked to getting them more self-sufficient without needing state aid every, every biennium. And, uh, and maybe cutting back on the, on the bright, shiny new stuff all the time and, and living within their means a little bit better. Uh, they have a huge, um, uh, employee payroll. It's, it's, it's a very large employer and they pay very, very well. Yep. So you, you, you've got salaries and benefit costs that are astronomical and so uh, all that stuff needs to be looked at going forward. And, um, you know, University of Wyoming has been a kind of a sacred cow for a lot of legislators that don't want to you know, hurt their alma mater or hurt the, sure. the school. Everybody loves the Cowboys, but you know what? Yeah, it's, you got to do what's right. Yeah. If you're going to be in this job, you got to make tough decisions and you can't just go with popular opinion. You got to make tough calls and, and do what's best for the state and what's best for the future of the state. Absolutely. One, well, like, you know, I'm, I'm an alum, you know, my parents are alum, you know, so it's not, it's not anything against the university. It's just, you know, um, they, they are paid by me, you know, and that's yeah. what I think people need to say, you know, if you're a taxpayer, which most of you are, cause then you would be, you know, doing something illegal if you're not paying taxes, <laughs> right. um, they work for you, you know, yeah. that's not the other way around here. Um, so yeah, no, I think, you know, there's a lot of money around here. Um, you know, hundred million here, hundred million there, hundred million, you know, it's like, I think, 
Yeah. Somebody, people just got to come to the, come to the table and compromise. Um, one last thing we'll talk about is, um, I did not know this until you were pulling up the, the budget. Um, our department of health gets $2 billion by Enium. Yeah. So $1 billion a year. That's a B yeah. billion. Yeah. That's a, a huge that, agency. I'm pretty sure our budget's only like 3 billion. So they get a whole third yeah, of the state's K-12's budget. About a third and yep. department of health about a third Yep, and everything else is the other third. So mind blowing. It, it is truly is. And that's before, I mean, that's without expanding Medicaid. Can you imagine that's, if we would have expanded Medicaid when everybody was begging the governor Meade and Governor Gordon to expand Medicaid? You see what it's done to other states' budgets. It truly just gobbled up all the other available tax dollars yeah. to, to support it because you get all these other newly enrolled people that more than you've ever expected on there. And then you've got. Well, it's free. High cost it's free, right? It's free. Somebody else is paying for it. Yeah. And employers drop health insurance because. Yeah. My employees can just get the exactly. free thing. Yeah. It's just a, it's the wrong way to go. It's the absolute opposite way to go. You want to make health insurance cheaper for people to afford and uh, get everybody on private insurance and, and make it affordable. So yep. anyway, but yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's an unreal number. Um, a lot of it is Medicaid expenditures. Uh, it's, you know, public health. It's, there's some Mental good things health. you were, yeah, you were talking. Lot, there's some good things in there. There's a lot of stuff that goes in the Department of Health. They have a lot of employees. Sure. Uh, thousands of them. And so a, a lot of the, a lot of that budgets, uh, employees, salaries and benefits again. And uh, so uh, ultimately when, when you look at, but you look at state agencies like YDOT and Department of Health, Department of Education, uh, K-12 and UW and all, all across the board, the number one driver of costs is employees and their benefits. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we have the most government employees per capita. I think of any other state, maybe Alaska is right there with us. But uh, we do have a very large, I think it's 20% of the workforce works for the government. Wow. And uh, so you're asking the private sector to pick up a huge tab. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So it's, it really puts a strain on the private sector to support this level of government. And uh, when times are tough, it makes it even tougher to make this work. So that's why I think Wyoming's problems are always exacerbated when we have a, a dip in the, the commodities market and a dip in the stock market. We, we fluctuate so much because of that, because we're so, our, our margins are so high, like we've got to make so much money in order to support this level of government. If things go bad for a year or two, it really hurts. Right. Like we're kind of living uh, high on the hog a little bit mm-hmm. and got champagne taste on a beer budget. <laughs> and uh, we don't need to be living like this. We, we could really ratchet down the spending and make things a little bit more stable. Right. Because at the end of the day, taxpayers, state employees, teachers, everybody wants stability. School districts want to know that their funding's stable. Everybody, every, every state agency, the game and fish, they'd like to know that their funding is stable right? and, and their budgets are stable. We've been in crisis mode since I've been in office and then probably even before I got in office because things were finally starting to hit the fan in about 2015, the last time the oil price crashed. So we really get, need that stability. And with the only way you're going to get there is to cut spending and yep. reduce the size and scope of government. So it's not as painful every time we Absolutely. have a downturn. 
Well, and I think people forget like, Hey, you can do all this cutting. And then if, if for whatever reason, our private sector, you know, does pick back up, then, you know, it doesn't, that doesn't mean we can't come back to where we were, you know, it says, but we have to do it now. Um, let's talk about some ideas maybe, um, for some revenue. I think one thing that, um, you know, makes sense to me just as a, just energy industry as a whole is, um, the bill was passed to eliminate that three-year tax exemption for, um, is it just, is it just wind or is it solar and wind? That's a good question. I think it's just wind. Just wind. I have to check on that. That's fine. Maybe solar doesn't even have that. I mean, it could just be wind anyways, mm -hmm. but for anyone that doesn't know right now in Wyoming, if you build a, a wind farm, a wind facility, you get a three-year tax exemption with the, with the state. So you're not paying taxes on what you generate for three years. Um, anybody that's a business owner, you're like, hell yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So I get to charge the consumer money, but then I don't have to pay the government taxes. Like that's awesome. Meanwhile, your competitors in the oil and gas and coal sector are paying. Right. Which we've been propped up. Like you just said, propped yeah. up all these uh, anyway. So I think it's a good idea just in basis of it needs to be a free market anyways. Yes. Like if I want to put a freaking windmill in my yard, I should be able to do that. Um, you know, and it should not be it should, it, the competition should be free. If I want a freaking natural gas generator in my backyard, okay, I can do that. <laughs> if I want a wind, wind turbine, fine. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what are some other ideas, Bo, um, outside of that? Cause you know, there's a lot of wind projects being proposed. So, I mean, so doing that three year tax, you know, ending that three year tax exemption would be great. What are some other things that the state could look to, um, I'm not going to use the word diversify because people use that all the time, but, um, <laughs> thank you. Private sector ways to make the state money. Well, on the wind exemption, um, I go back and forth on exempt, getting rid of exemptions only because I don't like the thought of the government pulling the rug out from underneath you and changing the rules of the game halfway sure. through when they made this very large capital investment, the rules were such that they, banked on that three-year exemption. So getting rid of tax exemptions is, in theory, always a good thing. It broadens the tax base. It's, it's fair for everybody. You're not picking winners and losers. That's why I like the thought of getting rid of that tax exemption is because if they're not on a level playing field competition-wise with their competitors and other sources of energy, then that's a problem. Then, then the government is got their finger on the scale and tipping the scale in wins favor. I don't want to see anybody favored. I want everybody to compete on an open market and yeah. let the best, best uh, commodity win. And uh, so that's where I stand on the, the exemptions. There are lots of exemptions out there in the state of Wyoming. We looked at those on revenue. Um, they're very hard to get rid of once you get them in there, obviously. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> people that lobbied really hard to get them. I have, They'll yep. hire the same high powered lobbyists to keep them. Yep. So uh, they're tough to get rid of, but uh, they all need to be looked at. Uh, the ones I don't like are the ones that hurt the the poor the most at this time, like the grocery tax exemption. Sure. I don't think that's you know the right thing to do, especially right now. People are barely surviving. Yep. And then you're going to make it more expensive for them to survive. So there's common sense things like that, that should probably be left alone, but there's other areas we can look at, especially where there's unfair market competition, where we could come in and do our rightful role as government to make sure that that level playing field exists. Sure. Um, other things in the private sector, you know, you know me, I just want 
uh, fair and free markets and the markets will take care of themselves. Yeah. You have a low tax environment an educated workforce and a great place to live rule of law, law and order, uh, favorable regulations, things like that. That's a primary incentive for companies. That's all they need to grow. Yep. Uh, let the government stay out of it. What happens is we've been talking about an income tax. We've been talking about a corporate income tax for how many years now? We keep beating it every year, year after year. What does that do to companies looking at Wyoming and thinking about investing major outlays of capital in the state, not knowing what the rules are going to be a year from now, five years from now? So we can't calculate that number because we don't know companies don't call us hey senator biteman this is uh, so-and-so from xyz corp we were going to locate in wyoming but since you guys were talking about a corporate income tax we decided to move our our site to florida or texas right they don't call they just don't come so you just don't know the effect of this non-stop drumbeat of raising taxes and everything. So we need stability mm. and stability and certainty, economic certainty of, okay, this is what, this is what Wyoming believes in. This is what, you know, you come to Wyoming, we're not going to tax you to death. We're going to have reasonable, fair regulations and, and just be you go yeah. create jobs, make money here. We welcome you. Right. Uh, we haven't been that business friendly uh, in a long time and we, we've got to knock it off. We've got to just win the tax debate once and for all. We're not going to have an income tax. We're not going to have a, a corporate income tax, period. Companies come here. You're safe to come to Wyoming. That's right. the message we need to be sending. So I think that would have a huge impact on on economic activity in the state and access to capital is important for entrepreneurs and startups. Um, a lot of people I've talked to have hard time getting those, uh, access to investors and, and bank loans and things like that to get a business started in Wyoming. People have great ideas, but, uh, they, they can't necessarily get to the capital they need. So that's stuff that we need to work on. There's, there's probably ways we can do it. Uh, minerals committee and the business committee will look at that. Sweet. No, that was great. And I, um, you know, I think we'll just end on that, you know, a message of, you know, stability. Cause yeah, the last couple of years, all we've been hearing is income tax, you know, corporate income tax. Um, and really it's a, it's a bandaid on the actual problem. And the problem is the spending Yeah. and, and, you know, you can cut it whichever way you want, but I think there's, we, we went through multiple different things that are like, Hey, we, there's probably places to cut some spending here. Um, and, and it's going to be a hard decision, which is, I mean, Hey, everyone's going to, we're all making hard decisions. So yep. you're going to have to do that. Um, one, well, I'll just end out on, you know, stability and, uh, you, you pretty much laid it out and we said it before off air, you know, give no ground here on the tax. You know, I think if the legislature can say, no, we're going to get our spending under control, we're going to get it stable and, um, you know, make a stance of, we're not going to do an income tax. We're not going to do a corporate income tax. Then, yeah, because I think, look, Elon Musk is moving Tesla to Texas because yeah. they've they've been firm on nope, we're not going to do it. Yeah, um, you know some uh, some big tech companies are moving down to Texas. You know why can't Wyoming? You know right. Cheyenne's primed for it. I mean, um, I'd love them to come up here to Sheridan, um, Jackson Hole. You know whatever. All these big our big cities uh, could take could yeah. take a tech firm. Yeah, absolutely. And when you see Forbes write articles about Wyoming uh, and the income tax 
and how other states are going in the opposite direction of getting rid of their income taxes and getting rid of their corporate income taxes. And they single out Wyoming and, and highlight the fight we constantly have year after year. Yep. Guess who reads Forbes? Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> the people we want to come to Wyoming yes. and start businesses and bring their companies here. Yep. So they're on the, they're sitting there in the airport thumbing through Forbes and they see the article about Wyoming proposing a corporate tax again for like the fourth time in four years. Come on. Yeah. It, it, it really does have a negative effect. It on does. Our ability to, to grow. Well, and last thing I'll say on that is um, we're in our new, our new studio, which is in the old, uh, I think it was the old depot, which, but some people remember it as the old rails. Um, those owners, you know, they run the restaurant downstairs. Well, they got hit with COVID. Um, they're going to try and reopen tomorrow. The exact same thing though. You know, they came here to open a business. You know, do you, they exact, you're absolutely right. They would have been looking at, Oh, okay. Is Wyoming going to do a corporate tax? Are they going to do income tax? Cause that affects their business model. Yeah, and they put I mean, shoot, they took them probably three years to remodel this place, you know, and I guarantee you it wasn't cheap. So no, it's like, it's a beautiful building. And, uh, so anyway, so, I mean, so that's a prime example of what we're talking about. Yeah. People are moving here. Um, so, well, um, other than that, Bo, thanks for coming back in. We're at, we're at probably our time. Just keep it nice and short for everyone. Um, what's kind of your last little message, um, to the listeners out there in regards to, you know, again, your stance, um, when legislature starts, hopefully they, um, hopefully they figure it out and they do it, but you're going to be down there on the 12th. What, what's kind of your message to, uh, your constituents and to maybe the broad, um, uh, you know, everyone in the state of Wyoming? Well, I would just tell them that I'm, I'm going to come to work for you guys. Um, I plan on being in Cheyenne on the 12th, ready to work. Um, we've got a lot of work to do and, uh, I plan on doing the people's business and think it's very important that we meet in person, whether that be this month, next month or March, uh, but it needs to be in person. Um, and, uh, I, I always welcome comments and, and dialogue with everybody. Uh, hit me up at, uh, bo at wildleg.gov. That's my email address and my cell phone number is on the, uh, website and uh, just let me know your thoughts and and if there's any bills that uh, that you'd like to see me run um, I still haven't filed any bills yet personal bills because I frankly don't know if we're going to get personal bills this year so I haven't really filed any yet but uh, I plan on working on human trafficking laws I am very passionate about that um, uh, there's some other th issues that I want to tackle but obviously you know, the budget's a huge issue and always needs to be tackled and, and fighting tax increases. And, and, uh, there'll be some second amendment stuff. And, you know, with the recent election results, uh, we'll probably be looking at, uh, ways that we can shore up, uh, Wyoming state sovereignty when it comes to the second amendment. Uh, you might see a second amendment preservation act come back, uh, to assert our, our state's rights and things like that. So. Wonderful. Well, and you know, uh, I'll just add to finish out, Bo, thanks for your time. And um, I will say, you know, you mentioned, you know, email you, call you, you know, we've had you on three times now. We had Cyrus Western on twice. We've had Mark Kenner on. I'm trying to work on getting Dave Kinski and some other representatives. Mm -hmm. We live in a great state yeah. where you can straight up get your state representatives. There, oh, yeah. there are plenty of states out there where you, you would never be able to meet them yeah. and never get to sit down and talk with them. So take advantage, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. you know, it might take a day or two for you guys to respond because, you know, you guys are busy and, you know, you're probably yeah. getting a lot of stuff, but do that, you know, get a hold of Bo if you have questions. Um, 
I, I love what you said about the second amendment. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, outside of that, I think you mentioned the human trafficking. I think, uh, one of the messages Mike Enzi said when he left the U S Senate was, you know, 80 to 90% of the time we agree on everything. It's just that 10%. And he's yeah. like, you just got to ignore that 10%. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where you're at is like, look, like, yeah, we, you know, we've got a budget problem. Well, we all agree on that. So let's, you know, let's figure that out. Sleeves get to work. Yeah. <laughs> you got so many issues that are, like you said, everybody almost agrees on unanimously. It's just those, the fringe issues that draw a lot of the debate and the controversy. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that shouldn't be controversial. That is, but unfortunately that's politics, but, uh, yep. yeah, something like human trafficking, we need to step up the game and make sure that those people know they are not welcome in Wyoming. And if they are caught in Wyoming, they will go to prison for a very, very long time and that the victims are taken care of and that, uh, we have the toughest laws on the book. That's my position and that's where I'm coming from. And uh, I'm looking for co-sponsors as we speak to, to ramp things up. Awesome. Law and order. Yeah, baby. Law and order. Well, Bo, thanks again for your time and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank right, you for thanks, listening. Aaron. Thanks, Bo. Yep. Um,